your relationship with your dad is, is so important for your psychological growth. Mm -hmm. um, women who grow up with good dads and strong alpha characters, they, they're less emotional than your women that grow up on the fringes because they've been accepted by the alpha. They know what it feels like. They know they have that sense of loyalty to the tribe. Their dad was there for them. Their dad kind of set them straight. Women who don't have that, they're all over the place. Welcome to the show. For those that don't know, we've got a special guest. This is Wujo. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Now, for those that don't know, he is, uh, he's been around for a while. He's one of the endorsed contributors over on Reddit, and he's made some pretty good foundation-level posts, and he's got some good content. He also does uh, coaching on the side. And without further ado, uh, why don't you introduce yourself, Wujo? I think I've covered some of the basics. Yeah, I'm Wujo. I got a website. I write articles. Most of them suck, but some of them have some good content. And uh, I also uh, talk to guys one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, I've actually had a lot of clients, and um, I've learned a lot of stuff through my clients. So it's good. something I really enjoy doing, and it's a, it, there's a lot to learn in this field. It's, like a, it's a very oh, yeah. young field. We're all figuring it out. But um, So now are you East Coast, West Coast? Are you even in the U.S.? I'm in New York City. Oh, you're not too far from me then. All right. Where are you? Uh, down in the D.C. area, so a couple hours away. Not too far. You, me, and Mike are all like right in the East Coast corridor. Okay. Cool. Yep. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, so, one of the things I wanted to talk about, uh, we were talking about before we got started, is how 2020 is turning into the year of holding frame. And one of your uh, most highly regarded posts, actually, is all about that. It is the most important the, the most important part of game is not being emotionally invested. And now I see emotional investment being over investment or overly invested as kind of like giving away your power, you're not holding frame. It's all commingled together. So to you, what would you say is uh, the iron law of seduction? I mean, so Going, going back to emotional investment, a, a big criticism people make of that article is, well, you got to be a little emotionally invested. You can't just be a complete you know, unemotional robot. And I think the answer to that is if you're, you need to really manage where your thoughts and emotions are going on a day-to-day -day basis and on mm -hmm. a moment-to-moment -moment basis. And you can only give space in your thoughts and emotions to people who deserve it and the way those people deserve it is by doing things for you equal to what you're doing for them at the very least in the case of a woman she needs to be doing more for you than you're doing for her so our emotions follow our actions so if you're doing things for a woman and spending time on a woman and thinking about a woman when she has nothing to deserve it you're going to become overly emotionally invested which is going to suck for you and which is going to make her not like you so it's it's about just managing your mental space. Mm -hmm. you, you, you know, I think the most important thing that I've ever written is what I call the alpha male quid pro quo, which is you only do things for a woman after she has done the equivalent thing for you. You don't buy a bitch a drink until she's done something to deserve it. You don't call a girl. You don't talk to, you don't, you don't pay her attention until she's done something for you to deserve it. And I think that's a complete reversal of how most guys think and how we're trained to think. And oh, no doubt. Most guys put women on a pedestal. They, they buy drinks. They give gifts, expecting and try to be overly nice, thinking that's going to make them attractive to women. And it's not, as we all know. It's, so like, what was your progress, your, your path that led you to this revelation? I mean, it's, 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 a, long, it's a long story like every guy's story, but uh, I come from a Middle Eastern family. So the background of what we're like taught is pretty red pill. And my dad was like a real man's man. And he had a lot of like red pillish thoughts that he um, tried to impart to me because we're more of a traditional culture. But I later found out that my dad had impregnated some woman while he was married to my mom. And she had basically just fucked him over. She'd gotten pregnant. She had a bunch of kids. So that kind of, turned him against women in this way where he was always like, you better watch out for these bitches. No woman can hurt you like a man, like a man can. 
the strongest man in the world, you know, can get fucked over by a woman. So I was always like, man, what is, you know, he, he, he acted like women had this like magical power that was like undefeatable. So when I kind of got my wherewithal and I started to think about these things, I was like, well, I need to figure it out. I mean, I'm not going to be, I don't want to be like my dad where this one woman basically ruined his life in a lot of ways. I want to, I want to have that independence where I can talk to women, have relationships with them, fuck them, but then not have this like insane negative consequence on my life. Like it did with my dad. So that kind of led me on that path. And, um, you know, like a lot of guys, you start thinking about getting laid, but then you realize the problem isn't getting laid. The problem is just who you are as a person. It's, it's like, where do you see yourself in the world? And, you know, it's like the inner game versus outer game thing, which is basically how the red pill started. It was guys starting to trying to get laid. And then they realized, well, what we really need to do is just build ourselves internally. And once we build ourselves a cool life and a strong emotional foundation, getting laid is easy. Mm-hmm. And that stops, it stops being a goal in its own right. It becomes a byproduct of having an awesome life. Yes. And exactly. that's, yeah, that's the biggest misconception I see about the community. Most of the folks that come in here and just kind of look around, they see the guys in the anger phase of uh, realizing they were lied to by Disney and the moms tell them just to be yourself. And then when they realize what it actually takes to become good with women, it's not necessarily being good with women per se. It's being an awesome dude that's got shit going on in his life because then women want to be a part of that. You know, I forget who actually said it originally. It's the uh, women don't care about the competition. They just hang out at the, uh, at the finish line. Uh, it's that kind of that mentality. You see this throughout, you know, different species on the planet Earth. When the Rams do their buck in the heads, jockeying for whoever's the alpha, the, woman, the females aren't around for that shit. They show up after the competition. So it's it's that kind of motif, that, that kind of uh, that structure. Yes, exactly. And one huge mistake that a lot of guys make, and this is this is a really hard thing for people to understand, and it was took me a long time to understand it. Women don't want you to show them a good time. Women want you to have the good time and for them to experience that good time through you. And it's like mm-hmm. super counterintuitive and super weird because it's not how guys think at all. But like when you were talking about, you know, the Rams defeating each other and then the alpha staying at the end, women want to be the alpha. They want to be the boss. They want to have all the power. They want to feel that like power, but they can't. They're just not biologically built for that. They, they can't take that responsibility. Their anxiety is too much. They want to do it vicariously through you. So what they want is for you to enjoy yourself, you to live the life of an alpha male, and for them to just come along for the ride. Hmm. And that's super counterintuitive because a lot of guys feel like, well, I need to make sure she has fun at the expense of my own enjoyment. But the moment the woman senses that you're sacrificing your life and your enjoyment for her, she loses attraction to you. Yeah. And I want to go back for one second here. So I think it's really interesting, man, how we all kind of keyed in on this one thing. And I've seen this a lot in the community where a lot of men's success or failures with women comes back to with their comes back to their dads or lack thereof. It's kind of like with women who get into porn or stripping, they don't have a dad in their life to give them that that kind of command uh, presence who says, hell no, you're not going out dressed like that. Whereas a lot of the single moms are going to live vicariously through their daughter's exploits. This is where you see those trying to things go off uh, track. They're not women aren't the disciplinarians uh, traditionally. So whenever, but the converse of this is when guys don't have that male presence in their life, or it's gone off sideways and the dad's like crazy or whatever, that can have real serious ramifications. It's really interesting how you talked about it. Me and Mike, we were talking about it the other night. Um, others in the community, if you've been over to the Discord server really consistent common themes that pop up is if the dad was a player, the son will be a player. If the dad was beta bucks, the kid's going to be, the boy's going to be beta bucks. You see these trends. If the dad's not around, then the guy is going to have a head full of bad wiring because they were getting told by their moms what they think is the way things should be versus what they really are. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. And, you know, to take it a level deeper, I mean, I think the, one of the strongest urges human beings have is to be accepted by the alpha male, whoever that is. 
And for most people growing up, the alpha male in your life is your dad. And if your dad sucked or treated you like shit or wasn't there, you will, you don't feel like that sense of acceptance by the alpha male. So you kind of just see yourself like as on the fringes of the tribe psychologically. And that causes real damage going forward. Like women with daddy issues, they, they need, a, they need acceptance by the alpha male. And, but because they never really had it and they've always been rejected by the men in their life, if you give them that acceptance, they feel like something's wrong. They feel like I'm not supposed to be here in the VIP section. I'm supposed to be out in line trying to get in. So the moment you give them that acceptance, they run away and look for another guy that's going to treat them like shit. It's like that, that, that biological, you know, it's, it's so complicated, but it's like, we see ourselves as somewhere in the tribe, either at the top or the bottom and guys that grow up with shitty fathers, they just grow up with the sense of inferiority. Like I'm at the bottom. I don't deserve to be the best. I don't deserve to be, you know, live the life I want. I need to make the alpha male, whoever that is happy. And for a lot of guys, it ends up, they start seeing the, their woman as the alpha in their life. Hmm. Um, I, I feel like I'm going all over the place, but to, to, to summarize, yeah, you, you, your, your relationship with your dad is, is so important for your psychological growth. Mm-hmm. Um, women who grow up with good dads and strong alpha characters, they, they're less emotional than your women that grow up on the fringes because they've been accepted by the alpha. They know what it feels like. They know they have that sense of loyalty to the tribe. Their dad was there for them. Their dad kind of set them straight. Women who don't have that, they're all over the place. Same thing with guys. So you're kind of hitting all around what I was going to talk about next is the Wujo theory, which is a corollary to the Ben Franklin theory. For those that haven't read it, can you walk us through what the Ben Franklin theory is and then the the corollary you came up with? Sure. So um, Ben Ben Franklin, you know, the one of the guys that started America, he had an interesting theory about how to get people to like you. And what he what he said was, if you want someone to like you, make them do something for you, which is counterintuitive Mm -hmm. because most people think if you want to make someone like you, you should do something for them. and Ben Franklin was a smart guy, but I don't think he really understood why his theory was true. And, you know, again, if you, if you go kind of like deep into the psychology of the tribe and how people look at each other in the dominance hierarchy, we all are looking for acceptance into the tribe. And the way you get acceptance is by doing something to contribute to the tribe. So if somebody... Just to interject really quick, for those that don't know... What you're talking about is right out of Robert Cialdini's book called Yes, and he's talking about the uh, the Ben Franklin theory. What it is, it's it's uh, asking for a favor will make people more inclined to like you. It's as simple as that. Yeah, when people do things for you, they like you more because they feel like subconsciously, and it's a very counterintuitive, weird thing. They feel like because they've done something for you you are above them in the dominance hierarchy and therefore you're going to repay their kindness somehow. It's like mm-hmm. human, humans evolved to live in these altruistic, you know, one on basically reciprocal relationships. You do something for me, I do something for you. So if you do something for a woman first, she's going to think, well, now I owe this guy something and I don't want to fucking give anything up. I'm going to get the fuck out of here. So if you, if you go to a bar and buy a woman a drink, a lot of times you'll notice, not only does that not make her like you, that makes her want to get away from you because her subconscious now realizes she is in debt to you. But if she does something for you, then you she feels like you're in debt to her. Um, exactly. No one wants to feel obligated. So whenever you start giving gifts or putting them on a pedestal, now it just gets all out of whack. No one wants to be in debt to somebody, like you were saying. It's a really good way of putting it. Emotional debt, investment debt. Oh, we're coming up with stuff here. I like this. Yeah, a lot. You know, it yeah. really is a lot of it's like a mathematical economic transaction. When you do something for a woman, she might be like, Oh, thank you. This is very nice. But her subconscious mind's like, This guy's doing something because he wants something, and you need to get the fuck out of here because you are the needy one. Like, women always see themselves as the needy one. And if you put them on the spot and make them feel like they owe something to you, that's too much responsibility and pressure on them. You know, a lot of times guys are like, women like assholes, women like guys that don't care about them. But you got to realize 
Part of the reason women like guys that don't give a fuck about them is because guys that don't give a fuck about them don't want anything, want anything from them. There's no pressure. They can come and go as they please. They can hang around the guy. The guy's not asking him for anything. The guy's not going to make him feel bad if they don't put out. If the woman feels like you don't give a fuck if she's there or not, that actually feels pretty good to her. It makes her feel like I'm in control. I don't, this guy isn't you know, going to pressure me and make me feel like I need to deliver uh, he already has everything he needs. And if he does give me any attention, it's purely because I did something to deserve it, not because he wants something. Smart. So at what point would this be the, the Wujo theory? How does that, the, the corollary? So, so the, 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 my corollary to this is, if you want to make women like you, you get them to do things for you first. And the alpha male quid pro quo is, um, she does something for you first, you pay her back, Hopefully, you know, not as much as she did for you. And then that'll induce her to do more for you. And then you can pay her back more. And then that's how you get the relationship rolling. So, for example, if I'm going to approach a girl, I'll, um, I'll compliment her on something that she's done. Like, oh, you look great. Or, you know, you look like you're having a lot of fun. And then I put the onus on her to validate herself to me. Okay. I gave you props for looking hot. Now it's up to you. What are you going to do for me? And a lot of times, like if I'm in a social situation, I might even try to trick a girl into like, hey, can you grab me that drink? Or can you hold this for me? It sounds so stupid and petty, but just the mere act that they're, of them doing something for you kind of rewires their lizard brain thinking, okay, I'm serving this guy. He must be above me. And it's, it sounds stupid and it sounds petty and it sounds weird, but it works. If she starts falling into this pattern of I do things for him and then he rewards me, that's much better than the alternative, which is he does things for me and then maybe I reward him. That's a neat way to also screen for one compliance. And then two, you can also uh, it gives you a if they do comply, it gives you a baked in reason to then give them a compliment and kind of move things forward. Yeah, it's it's kind of like a it's it's kind of like a balancing act. Like you don't want to give her too much that she don't want to give her shit she doesn't deserve. But you also you gotta give her something, you know. It builds it builds the the it it builds momentum in reciprocation. Yes, exactly. She's got to feel okay. like this work she's putting in for you is gonna pay off somehow because women aren't gonna stay stick around and wait for you forever. You know, <laughs> they'll bang on the door for a little bit, and then when they see you really don't give a fuck, then they'll go find someone else. So it's kind of like a balancing act. Don't do too much, but you gotta do something. But mm. it's got to be in response to what she's done, not as like a, an ask on your part. Right. It's the, whatever attention, it, validation, time, whatever you invest in them, it has to be earned. And we've talked about this on the show before, where people value what they have to earn way more than what was given to them freely. And if you give them too much uh, for free, people get weirded out by it. So it, this is all tracking. Yeah. We're on board. Totally yeah, on board with what actually, you're talking yeah, about. I completely agree. Um, so what was the, uh, you had the subconscious communication and now for those that don't understand subtext, some of it's, uh, it's covert contracts in, or covert, uh, communication. How did you, uh, like you, you say gravity theory. That was one of the things I keyed in on here for your, to gauge emotional investment. What did you mean by that? Um, you know, to be completely honest, I'm not exactly sure what, are you, are you in the emotional investment article? Uh, the most important part of game is not being uh, in, invested, emotionally invested. Okay, yeah. So I'll, I'll pull it up just to remind myself. But one one big theme in a lot of what I say is, you know, you're you're not dealing with rational people. You're dealing with subconscious emotions that a lot of times women don't even want to admit that they have. You know, if I said to a woman, listen, I'm only going to do things for you after you do something for me, but in equal proportion and not too much, I would sound like a fucking creep or a weirdo or an asshole. Like, it's like a robot. Yeah. These are things that you kind of just have to smoothly do um, uh, without them kind of realizing it. So on the surface, you're acting like just I'm a normal guy having a good time. But when she tries to cross one of those lines, that's when you're like, hey, I'm not buying you a drink. I'm not fucking driving. I'm not driving you. You know, I'm not waiting for you while you talk to this other person. Um, mm -hmm. And this, this gravity theory kind of uh, 
I got, I, I pulled it up. It kind of goes back to some of the stuff I was talking about with the tribe. You know, human beings are wired to see the alpha as having everything they want. Like all the cool stuff is with the alpha. So we want to give, we want to do things for the alpha so that he kind of lets us in to the VIP section. You know, like one thing I always thought was really interesting is how nightclubs are designed to kind of tap into some of these deepest parts of our psychology where, you know, you see women killing themselves to get behind a rope of like, what's behind the rope? Nothing. But it's, it's their lizard brain telling them, this is where the alpha male is. This is, you know, I've, I've made it past the hoi polloi and now I'm where the cool people are. And it's just completely fake, but it's like, it's how human psychology works. So you got to make it seem like you're the source of all the cool shit in the world. And if you want to enjoy any of it, you got to perform. And that's how women have to feel around you. Okay. Uh, so the challenge of success, seduction, more importantly, the paradox of seduction. This is one of the things I found. It's interesting. It, it the way you put it, it's uh, things are kind of backwards. So it's also kind of what we were just talking about. When, if you want to make people uh, interested in you, or how can I put it? There's an old saying: the shortest path to being interesting is to be interested in someone else. So if you can flip that where that they're interested in you by doing things for you. It's like we were just talking about with the, uh, the Ben Franklin and uh, the Wujo theory. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that to get a girl attracted to you? You must show at least some initial interest. Uh, yeah, yes, exactly. It's a man's responsibility to approach and escalate and, and all that. She should feel like she's picking you up, not the other way around. Yes, exactly. So, you know, if, if you're a hot girl, you basically have guys blowing smoke up your ass all day. You're funny. You're interesting. You're great. Uh, you're fun to hang out with. And you just know that they're full of shit and their compliments don't really register with you. But when you've worked for it and a guy compliments you or like appreciates it, that registry, registers with you so much more deeply because on a like fundamental lizard brain level, you feel validated and this, this goes back to, you know, I, I hate to take back everything back to like the same theory of like the tribe, but pe pe we want to be accepted by the tribe and to be accepted by the tribe, we feel like we need to contribute. So when a woman does something genuinely meaningful and then you reward her for it, that's like the best feeling she can have, hmm. you know? But if you would just walk up to a girl and you're like, you're the prettiest girl in the world, you're so funny. And she knows that you, you she's not that funny um she loses respect for you because it's like you've opened up the gates of the tribe to any fucking idiot that wants to walk in therefore your tribe has been compromised you know it's i've always thought it was interesting where sometimes you'll compliment a girl and she'll just be like yeah whatever but then sometimes it'll really register with her it'll she'll be like oh my god thank you so much i can't believe you noticed that about me like i'm and, and it's like well why what's the big change and it's sometimes and the it registers because she feels like she really did something to deserve it. And you've, you've given her like the proper reward for that thing. Whereas other times it's like, you're giving her fake counterfeit money. She's like, fuck this. I don't need your fake ass compliments. The way I see it is that it can be summarized as such that fake interest, fake compliments, unearned compliments, unearned interest subcommunicates that old uh, Chris Rock uh, bit. Yeah, you, know, you want some dick? So whenever you're you're throwing these things out there, they're seeing right through you. Women are, are intuitive in that sense. They're going to see right through the bullshit. They know exactly what you're all about. Yeah, they know you just want to hook up with them. So nine times out of ten. So whenever you give them an earned uh, compliment, something that they had to work for, it's going to have that weight and it's going to be meaningful. And it can also override some of that subcommunication that you are just trying to get laid. Or you just like them because – or you're talking to them because you think they're pretty. Whatever your goal might be. So the point being is that earned interest can subcommunicate way more meaningful positive qualities than just going up to a girl you think is pretty and just telling her she's cute. Yeah, which by the way, it's sometimes – it's not wrong to just want to get laid. And it's not wrong to let a woman know that. Like, listen, yeah. I don't want to be your friend, 
I don't want to date you. I just want to fuck you. Um, but I'm not going to bullshit you. And right. that's, that's the thing that really needs to register with her. And that's the thing most guys can't understand. You know, from the earliest time, from the time we're like 12 and we start getting boners, we're taught that we have to bullshit women to get them to fuck us. We got to lie and we got to pretend they're interesting. We got to pretend they're cool. We got to pretend they're funny. And women, like you said, they sense that. Women are constantly analyzing men way more closely than we analyze them to try to figure out what are we thinking? Are we enjoying ourselves? What do we want? What do we not want? And counterintuitively, the most powerful thing you can do is be like, I'm completely fucking honest. I'm an open book. There's no, there's nothing behind the curtain here. I want to fuck you. You know, I'll, I'll talk to you if you're interesting. I'll hang out with you if you're fun to hang out with. But if not, you can go fuck off. And if you can really communicate that, women actually appreciate that because that, because that says to that woman, if this guy's talking to me, it's because I'm really actually worth talking to, not because he's trying to give me that fake, you know, blow smoke up my ass thing. And yep. a lot of times when guys talk about, well, how do I get out of the friend zone? Oof. It's like the answer is tell them you want to fuck them. Like, listen, I want to fuck you, dude. And if she doesn't want to fuck you, then move on. But trying to trick her into thinking that you're her friend, that you actually like her, it doesn't work. Because she knows she's women know when they suck. Women they know that they're being lame. And in fact, and I'm I'm sorry for talking to you. One of the shit tests that women pull, this is a very shuttle shit test, is they'll say something stupid or like lame or boring. They'll tell like a dumbass story just to see how you react to it. If a woman tells a dumbass story and you pretend it's a good story, she knows you're a bitch. I mean, I mean yep. you she just made you sit through some dumbass, horrible story. And you just fucking didn't even stand up for yourself as a man. Like if a woman's telling you a dumbass story. The answer is you should be like, listen, this is a boring story. Can we change the subject? And if you do that in like a smooth, like not shitty way, women will respect that. You're like, yeah, you're right. Uh, you know, I was trying to tell you a shitty story and you called me out on it. I got a note over here. It's kind of the same thing. It talks to uh, being interested. It will make you or being, yeah, being interested makes you interesting. A corollary to that is something that Mark Mason talks about in models. It's uh, being bold, being direct about your intentions. So a lot of women that might not be interested, suddenly if you're honest and upfront about what you are interested in, uh, you know, if you're, again, cutting right through the bullshit and you're not going to allow yourself to get friend zone, you make your intention known. It could be through a statement of intent, saying something about her as sexy or whatever, that and escalating. You know, maybe you put the hand on the small back, letting her th- walk her through the room or whatever, however it might be. The escalation, the boldness, putting your intentions out there, stripping, you know, cutting right through the bullshit can make women interested in a lot of cases. If they're in that bell curve we talked about on uh, Tuesday, if they're indifferent. So that's one of those things that can, uh, can, can flip the bit from off to on. Uh, but I, I do like that the escalation, like you're talking about, because a lot of guys, when they end up in the friend zone, the friend zone is only something that guys do to themselves. If you if you are interested in a woman and she plates you, turns you into an orbiter, and now you're in the friend zone, you're accepting that frame. One, you've lost frame control. Two, you've hidden your actual ulterior motives. Like you said, they're playing at being friends. The friend zone is a real thing, but it's of guys' own making. And like you said, if if uh, if you've got interest in a woman, and she's trying to plate you like that and make you into an order orbiter, you guys just have some self worth, some self respect, and just say no thanks. Yeah, Otherwise, I mean, friend yeah. zone is not even a friendship. Like exactly, like my friends will call me up and fucking buy me shit, and we'll hang out and we'll be chill. Those girls not don't even want to be your friend; they just want to kind of use you. It's a friendship is more like a manipulative, kind of shitty relationship. You know, if, if I'm trying to fuck a girl and she's like, you know what, we should just be friends. I'm like, listen, I'm not interested in a friend zone relationship. We're either going to, I'm either going to fuck you or we're not going to hang out. And then sometimes yeah. girls are like, all right, well, we're not going to hang out. And sometimes like, okay, put it like that. I appreciate your honesty. Exactly. And that they, they'll be way more appreciative of you being upfront than finding out six months or a year or three years later that, oh, he's been in love with me this whole time. I thought he was my friend. No, he just wants to fuck me. It's, it's so, it's just dumb. Don't do it guys. Um, 
so we talked a little bit. So right now this is all kind of investment, emotional investment. Uh, it's a little bit different from holding frame. And you wrote a really good post about this a while back. How to hold frame, my complete guide. And it's like 15 pages. You know, you got a whole bunch of stuff in here. And the TLDR is, is also pretty long in its own right, where you got like a bunch of different steps. For those that haven't read it, what would you summarize is like the, the two or three core nuggets of holding frame. So I, I, I think the... Um, and don't say just go read the article. <laughs> I think the most important thing is, I, I, and it's something I said earlier, she wants you to have an awesome life. She wants you to be the hero. Don't sacrifice that for anybody. And it's, it's counterintuitive because she wants you to be the hero so much, she kind of pings at your armor to see if you're actually going to be the hero. And then she, she shit tests you because she wants to lose. She, it's, it's like if you're going to war and you look at your commander, you want that motherfucker to be good. You don't want him to be weak. So she wants you to be the hero. She wants you to be the alpha male. And when, when she fucking shit tests you, you, you need to be like, no, bitch, I'm enjoying, like, and, and when I say she wants you to be the hero, she wants you to have an awesome life, to enjoy yourself, to have a great time. If you've, if you've ever hung out with a woman that was really attracted to you, you'll notice she'll be like, are you having fun? Are you having fun? Like, and I'm like, don't worry about it. I'm having fun. She's like, I don't want you to be hanging out with me if you're not having fun. Like, I don't, I, you know, we don't have to be at this bar if you don't like, and, and it's like, they're obsessed with my fun because... My fun is her fun. She doesn't have fun without me. She has fun because I'm having fun. And it's, again, it's way super counterintuitive because men don't need women to have fun. We have fun on our own, but women need men to have fun. You can give a woman a billion dollars, all the fucking dirt bikes and cool shit in the amusement park, all that shit in the world. She would still rather be with a guy who was having a great time than to have that fun on her own. She, She wants to do it through you. So you need to build an awesome life for yourself. And then she just kind of joins as a, a participant. Not, mm. not, you're not building a, a cool life for her. You're, and that's the big mistake guys make. I mean, you see it all the time. You go out to a bar, you see guys clearly like, like they're not even enjoying dancing. Like they're clearly dancing because the girl wants to dance. And it's like, you look like a goofy fuck, man. She can tell you're only dancing because you're trying to fuck her. Like do what you want to do. You know, relax, take a seat, sit on the couch, you know, man, spread your legs, talk about some stupid shit. You know, earlier I said, uh, one of the um, shit tests that women do is they talk about some stupid shit to see if you fall for it. Well, the way you flip that, and, and, and I don't do this on purpose, but one thing you can do around women is I'll talk about some incredibly stupid shit and then just show her that I don't care whether she appreciates, she cares or not. Like I'll go on like a rant about like aliens or dinosaurs or whatever shit I'm interested in. And she'll try to make fun of me and be like, Oh, I can't believe you believe in ghosts or I can't believe you believe in conspiracy theories. But then I'm like, no, I really don't, you know, I I'm committed to saying this stupid shit. And then she appreciates it because women don't care necessarily what you're doing they care that you're doing it with confidence and don't give a fuckness. It's a like, congruence test. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Rock on. Uh, so yeah, that's kind of like, yeah, holding frame. It all comes down to being congruent in your own self-identity and sticking to your guns is the way I see it. Because they're going to test it. They're going to test that frame. They're going to test it all the time. That's just nature. That's just the way it is. Um, so you have a, a really interesting five bullet point summary of how to be uh, confident. That was pretty interesting. So like this one's about about three years ago. Uh, Confidence is faith that you will succeed at whatever you do to become confident. You must rewire your brain and so on and so forth. So like, how long did it take you to like, how old are you right now? I'm 37. Oh, okay. You're a little older than I thought you were good. So then how long did it take you to, uh, kind of like come to that understanding of like how to structure a lifestyle to build confidence. I mean, fucking 37 years. Um, it's, 
it, it, it's it's always a, it's always a journey. And I think one thing guys need to realize about red pill stuff is it's like weightlifting. Mm-hmm. You don't you can't just read it and then know it. It's it's not about what you know. It's about doing it. Like tons of guys can recite this stuff chapter and verse, but they're not actually implementing it in their lives. You gotta really like emotionally train yourself. And I'm a lot more confident than I used to be, but I'm not as confident as I could be. It's a daily struggle. You're always going to run into new challenges in your life. You're always going to run into, you know, challenging women. And it's like exercising a muscle. The more you exercise it, the stronger it gets. But just talking about it, reading about it is not enough. And um, kind of just to tie confidence back to what we're saying a moment ago, when I was saying women want, you know, you to be the hero, when, when a woman says she wants a confident man, what she wants is a man who does whatever the fuck he wants. What A man who feels like he does whatever the fuck he wants. Obviously, it's impossible to actually do whatever the fuck you want. You can't fly. You can't rob banks. You know, But she wants that feeling of, I do whatever the fuck I want. Because if you're a woman, you live in a world of boundaries and barriers. And you're constantly feeling anxious of like crossing the line. You're afraid of, to confront people. You're afraid to kind of follow your dreams. You're, fo- you're afraid to go for the things you want, which is why, which is the thing about a man that's attractive, which makes her want to live her life through him is the fact that he's got that confidence of, I'm just going to go get whatever I want. And cause she just doesn't have that. It's not in their biology. Women, I mean, studies have shown women feel anxiety at a level about three times what men do. Interesting. I mean, that, that would explain why so many women are on uh, like antidepressants. Was it 25% of women now are, are on some sort of uh, mood altering drug, at least in the West. It's pretty serious stuff. And what you just kind of keyed in on there could be a good, you know, explanation right there. That's something else, man. That's, that, that is something how the dynamic shifts a little bit. Yeah, um, a lot of guys are feeling that too, because, you know, that, that, I guess that, that female emotional state exists within men. If you want to, Feed it. I mean, a beta male is emotionally a woman in a lot of ways. You know, we, we all live on the same spectrum. It's just that men have a, we can go further to the masculine side than women can, but we can also go act very womanly. Like I know guys that are way more beta than women. I know. And that's the whole challenge is we all live on this spectrum. None of us are completely alpha. None of us are completely beta. We're all somewhere in the middle but generally speaking, men have the ability to be more alpha than women, which is what women are looking for. But you got to work at it. It's not going to happen. Hmm. So what about dread game? I like this one. Yeah, it's part of your uh, the two pillars of game, leadership and acceptance. Yeah, so um, you know, dread game is a big it, – dread game is one of those things where I think a lot of guys fuck up because they, they, they act too dreadful. And then the girl's like, well, fuck you, you know? And this is definitely a problem I've had where I've just been like, well, I'm just walking away. And the girl's like, fine, walk away. Mm-hmm. And you realize what, what, what dread game means to me is, what, you know, going back to women want a guy with a cool life. Part of um, having a cool life is, like I said, managing your thoughts and emotions and not letting your time and energy be filled with bullshit. So if you draw boundaries and you're like, listen, I'm not going to accept bullshit. I'm not ex- going to accept negativity. If you're wasting my time, if you're telling me a stupid story, if you're being a bitch, I'm just going to walk away and enjoy my life. Then she will respect you more because she feels like your life is more valuable. It's, it's kind of like, like, you know, you know how you, you sometimes see Elon Musk get into like a Twitter battle with someone? And oh, like, yeah. You're fucking Elon Musk, man. You're a billionaire who's doing the coolest shit in the world. Why do you care what some idiot on Twitter thinks? And then you think, well, maybe Elon Musk's life isn't that cool. Maybe his, he's not actually having that fun. Maybe he doesn't actually have that much money, which is why he cares what some idiot on Twitter thinks. And, you know, part of showing a woman you have a cool life is protecting your thoughts and emotions. It's by protecting your frame. So, you know, if she's being a bitch, she's being annoying, she's being stupid, 
if she's being like unnecessarily negative, you're like, hey, I'm having an awesome life and you're not contributing to it. I'm going to leave. And then when you get your act together, you can come back in. And I've literally, you know, told women, you know, I try to be very nice about it, but I'm like, hey, I'm not having fun anymore. I'm going to leave now. And then that puts her on the spot. And, you know, women respect that. They're like, this guy really protects his fun. Um, you know what? One thing that's kind of interesting about women is a lot of times, most women don't enjoy their lives. About 80% of their time, they're doing something lame that they don't want to do. And part of the reason they, they're not enjoying themselves is because they're afraid to confront whoever is showing them a shitty time. So if they're on a shitty date or they're at some lame party, they don't have the balls to be like, fuck this date, fuck you, I'm leaving, I want to go do something fun. They dream of finding a man with those balls. And you know, one compliment I've gotten from women is, you really don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. You do whatever the fuck you want. I wish I had that ability to confront people. I wish I had ability to like stand up for myself. And you know, that's one of those few things about a man that women can never be, never have. And that's part of the reason they find men attractive. I'll like, throw out too for that dynamic, what you just described, it is infinitely better to do what you just said than to be the opposite and have a woman wondering, this guy doesn't stand up for himself or shit. You know, yes, that, exactly. that's, yeah, you got to be able to stand up for yourself and, and protect your time, protect your, because uh, time is our number one resource. I can always make more money. I can never make more time. So if someone's wasting your time, absolutely GTFO or start putting them on the back uh, back burner. I have no problem with that. Yeah, and if uh, you think about it from like the more, like her lizard brain is not thinking of it in terms of like, I'm being annoying to this guy at this bar. So, he, you know, he's taking it because he's a nice guy. Her lizard brain is looking at it like, we're in the fucking jungle. The enemies are trying to kill us. And, <laughs> you know, we, we've got five bananas and fucking people are coming and taking these bananas and this guy's not doing anything about it. So you may think it's not a big deal to put up with some of her bullshit, but her lizard brain is being like, listen, if this guy is going to put up with your bullshit, that means he's worthless in the jungle where the fucking barbarians are coming to kill you guys. And I know that sounds like overly dramatic and extreme, but that's really what's going on in her lizard brain. Like she's not looking at it like this guy wasted an hour arguing with me over some bullshit. She's looking at it like the tribe just got killed because this guy wasted an hour arguing with me over something that didn't matter. Hmm. Again, it comes down to that congruence test we talked about earlier. Um, so I wanted to kind of move on to the next point here. It's This is where a lot of guys, I think why they arrive at the community is uh, it's, it's born out of insecurity. A lot of it is uh, they've had failures in relationships or they're younger and they don't have experience. They don't have their confidence yet. And even you got a lot of guys who they might be rich. They might be billionaires. They might be successful. But at the core, they still have these blue pill beliefs. And a lot of that is rooted in insecurity where they are seeking validation. They go out and they're trying to date women uh, to feed their own ego because they've got some sort of rooted insecurity, which I kind of, I guess, loops back around what we talked about earlier about fathers. And you wrote a really good post on this just titled Insecurity uh, about seven months ago. And it kind of touches in, uh, uh, it kind of uh, works with uh, purpose as well, how a lot of guys just kind of, they don't have a purpose in life. So uh, what do you, how did you arrive at that? that? That's a really interesting one, in my opinion. So, you know, it's, it's kind of interesting is, um, so I have a friend who was a fucking dork growing up and he was like, got bullied, um, not cool. People made fun of him and he was always trying to make the cool kids like him. And this ki this kid, he ended up, playing football in high school and college, and he ended up actually becoming an NFL player. So obviously you're playing in the NFL. You're like one of the coolest people in our society. You know, he, he becomes the alpha male, gets tons of pussy. And then I remember we had a party back in our hometown where um, all the old bullies from school were still there. And then the kid that was a dork showed up, but now he's a, now he plays in the NFL and 
the bullies went back to bullying him. And and I remember and then I remember the NFL dude was talking. He was like tell, telling some cool story about how you met this like celebrity at some party, and it was like a really cool story. And then the big bully from our high school, who like works construction now or something, was like, "Hey man, why don't you just shut the fuck up?" And the NFL player shut up, and you realized his mindset still is, "I'm the dork trying to get the cool kids to like me," even though rationally speaking. He acts, he's way cooler than any of these fucking losers in my hometown. And a lot of my clients have that problem where they live incredible lives. They make good money. They do cool shit. They're smart. I mean, if you're on the red pill, you've, you've, you're, you're probably an impressive person. You've, you've done enough work to get to a community where you're trying to improve yourself. So they, they literally live cool lives, but they have got this subconscious belief that they're on the outside and they need to convince other people to let them in. And that's how they feel around women too. Like you'll have a guy who's smart, funny, interesting, makes good money, has a cool job. And then he's trying to validate himself to some bitch who has done nothing in her life. She's not interesting. She's not funny. She, and she's just okay looking. And it's like, why, where's this imbalance coming from? It comes from your subconscious belief that you are on the outside of the tribe and you need to get validation from the insider. But you, and, and this is a big mental shift that a lot of guys need to do. You need to start seeing yourself as I'm on the inside and you need to get my validation. You know, I play for the fucking NFL. You need to come beg me to hang out with me. I, I don't need to beg you to hang, sit at your lunch table anymore. I'm the one with the cool life. And this is a big mental shift for a lot of guys because our society is trained to make people feel inferior and like they're outsiders so that they buy shit. It's, it's, it's a consumerist thing. Hmm. I do. I think it's interesting what you talked about there a second ago with the, uh, the old patterns that people will fall into when they going back home for, you know, vacation or whatever, a good example, right? Like what you just talked about at that party. I've seen this firsthand myself. I've fallen into old patterns as well. It is really tough to break out of that. And this is kind of uh, formulated with uh, the crab bucket mentality is, 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 is in play. And it's also something that uh, Rolo wrote a post about years ago about like rooting through the garbage, where it's easier to build new alignment, social groups where you have higher status than it is to try and raise your status within existing social groups. Again, crab bucket mentality. People are going to try and drag you down. They're setting their ways. They've already got their impression of you formulated in their mind. So it's hard to break out of that mold. This is why it's usually better to just go and build a new social circle where you have the higher status to begin with. Yes, exactly. And that's why also a lot of times when a woman fags you up and makes you feel like. You well, know, you said flag or fags you up. Fags you up. I've Man. never heard of that quote. That's a, that's gotta be a New York thing. I've never heard that one before. I think that's a Patrice O'Neill coinage. Oh, so for those that don't know me included, what does that actually entail? What's that mean? I mean, it, it, probably not the most tactful, politically correct way to put it, but basically when a woman turns you into a beta in your relationship and we've all been the beta in a relationship vis-a-vis a woman, mm -hmm. you need to get out of it because like you were just saying, you've, your mind has wired to view her as above you. So mm -hmm. when you're around her again, your mind falls back into that role. So it's interesting. I remember I, I had a one-itis many years ago and I moved on and I, I learned this stuff and I got better. And then I started to be in relationships with women where I was the alpha, so to speak, in the relationship. And I remember when I would get back around my one-itis, I would revert back to my old beta ways because it's like that wiring of your mind where you categorize people as either above you or below you. And with vis-a-vis with -vis certain people and vis-a-vis -vis certain patterns, you see yourself as below. So... That's why, you know, when guys are like, hey, man, I'm, I'm obsessed with this girl. How do I get her back? I'm like, don't try to get her back. Move the fuck on. Because first of all, the fact that you're trying to get her back indicates that you still see yourself as inferior to her. And you're like trying to make up for this loss that you took. And secondly, every time you get back to her, you're going to end up acting like a little bitch again. So the only thing, the, if, if you're like in a relationship with a woman where she treats you like shit and she kind of like 
strings you along and she brings you in sometimes, but she, then she rejects you, she fucks you, and then she ignores you. The best thing you can do is get as far away from her as possible until you've completely rebooted your role vis-a-vis her so that when you guys meet again, it's clear that you're higher than her in the dominance hierarchy because our brains are wired to look at each, we're wired to look in the, at the world as a series of power relationships. And if you see yourself as inferior to somebody else, that's a really hard thing to change, just like you were saying. Yeah. Now, I mean, there's time and place where that's appropriate. If you're work and you know, you're the little man on the totem pole, obviously you're not going to be able to see yourself as having the same status as say the CEO of the company. But uh, yeah, in social groupings, you know, uh, friend group, you know, your, your social circle, your friends, uh, stuff like that. Yeah. That's, you can definitely choose to cr- branch out, get out of your comfort zone and then build new alignments. That's absolutely something that you can do uh, tactically. Um, so I think we've gotten through all of the different, uh, the core material I wanted to cover tonight. Uh, is there anything you wanted to kind of touch upon before we get into our lightning round? Um, I can't, I can't think of anything in specific. Um, all right. Well, I guess we'll just jump right into it. Thanks. You're up in New York city. You got some really cool stuff that do up there. What is your, uh, your favorite drink? I'm sure there's gotta be some great speakeasy that makes some really good stuff. Oh, my favorite drink. So I'm really just a beer guy, but there is a, I remember I actually used to live in Pittsburgh for a while and there's a liche cocktail at this place. I forget what it's called, but it was so fucking good. It's like the most delicious thing I've ever had. And it's super fucking gay, but it's, I love it. So liche cocktail. Next time over and I got family up there and I go there a couple times a year. So I'll have to check that out sometime. I'll I'll, I'll find the name of the place. All right, let's do that offline. That's cool. All right, uh, sand or snow? Oh, sand, definitely. Awesome. And then the number one lesson that you could that you think college age guys, we're talking eighteen to twenty two. What's the number one thing they should know in life? God, that's a fucking hard question. What would you say? I'm sure you've answered. I know what I would say. I want to know what you would say. Damn, man. <laughs> the number one. I mean, for life or for like dealing with women? Uh, life in general. We'll say dealer's choice. Go for it. Uh, we'll say just with women. Since that seems to be the focus of the video. So let's go with that. Number okay. one lesson the 18, 22-year-old should know about women. Fuck. Um... You know what I would say? Look at their actions, not their words. That's, I mean, there's a lot of shit, but don't listen to what they're saying. Look at what, how they're acting. Rock on. Judging by their actions, not their words. I like that. Well, uh, in general, I would say. Oh, yeah. Nobody. I mean, this might be too much. Okay. Nobody knows what the fuck is going on. And, and what I mean by that is don't be intimidated by people that act like they know what's go- what, what they're doing. They don't be intimidated by institutions. We're all just apes trying to figure it out. And when you realize that, you have a lot more freedom to kind of get the things you want. I think this whole coronavirus stuff has shown nobody knows what the fuck is going on. <laughs> There's a lot of opportunity out there for you to make your way in the world, and you just have to not be intimidated by people that act like they know what they're doing. Rock on. I do like what you just said about the apes. I forget who it was that said it. it was in the community that humans are just basically chimps with a supercharger strapped onto our brains. That's uh, that, that's, that's humanity in a nutshell. Uh, so I guess we'll, uh, we'll wrap this up. So where can people find you and uh, what kind of services do you offer? Uh, do you have like any time scale, uh, like are you, is certain time of the year you're, you're busy and uh, maybe come back later. Let us know your background. What's, what's going on in your life? So my website is wujo.com, W-O-U-J-O.com. And my main focus right now is I'm trying to write a book. Um, and uh, I do provide coaching. But to be completely honest, don't hit me up for coaching unless you're really willing to do stuff. Because the big challenge I have with guys is a lot of them just want to mentally masturbate. And I think that's just a big problem with the red pill in general is 
They want to read stuff and think and talk and over-intellectualize, but it's like lifting weights. Talk, mm -hmm. reading, you know, pumping iron by Arnold Schwarzenegger isn't going to do shit for you unless you go to the gym. So I, I normally only do one or two sessions for an hour with guys. And then I'm like, you got to go do your homework and prove to me that you've done your homework if you want to do any more talking. Because I, you know, I, I, I don't want to take people's money and be their mental masturbation coach. It's, well, that's right there. So if you could give homework for just uh, really quick, what would be your number one uh, homework assignment for these kids? I mean, the, the homework I usually give out to my clients is normally um, depends on what their, what their issue is. If mm -hmm. you're trying to get over a girl, your homework is 60 days, no contact, no social media, no texting. Don't even talk to anybody about what she's doing. You need to just completely clear your mind of her. If, you're, if your problem is you're afraid to approach women, you need to do five approaches a night, um, preferably with a friend that'll poke you and prod you to make you do it. Um, if you're too afraid to approach, just go say hi. Just some progress every week to overcome your fears. Um, and if you're home, and if you're, if you've got like a more life-ish problem, you're, you're, homework is usually get some creative hobby. And, you know, one, one of the things that I read on the red pill that was probably one of the best things I've ever read was somebody wrote a article a long time ago and I forget who it was, but they were like, don't consume, create. Most people's hobbies are consumption. They're watching movies. They're listening to music. They're reading. You should be creating something. And, you know, you may think, well, I'm not artistic. It doesn't have to be art. It just has to be you're creating something for this world. You can write. You can build a business. You can build, I don't know, but create something. So. All right. I think it's a, that's a good good bit of advice in general as well. I, I really dig it. It's kind of what you we're doing with the channel a little bit, you know. What's you that? Never, you never told me what your like, best advice for a guy is. Ah, so for those in the uh, the 18 to 22 year old range, I would say, like you said, don't take women, especially at face value, uh, judging by their actions, not their words. Don't get into serious long-term relationships, least of all long distance relationships in those years. That's the time to go out and take risks, have a lot of fun. And by take risks, I mean, you know, also date around a lot, but also try to build side businesses. Uh, take risks in investing. There's a lot that they can do at that age because they've got such a huge time uh, horizon until they're ready to retire. When I first got into YouTube, it was all through the finance channel. So that's where my mind goes when I talk about that sense. But with dating and relationships, same the same kind of thing applies. Take risks, date around a lot, figure out, this is the time to do it, what you want in a relationship, and more importantly, what is what are your uh, your red flags what do you not want in a relationship? What are you, what is just off the table you're not going to do? So this way you can kind of develop uh, standards and expectations and learn how to screen for them for one, and then also know what you'll do when they do cross the line. Because you're going to have great relationships. You're going to set down the rules. You're both going to be in, uh, bought in. And invariably, at some point, one of them is going to screw up, cross the line, and you got to cut them loose. And going through that process, vetting, learning how to cut them loose when they do fuck up, that's an important part of learning how to become a man. So okay. that's that's that age range. That's what I would focus on is just go out, have fun, date around, learn what you like, learn what you don't like, and then go from there. I, I completely agree. I mean, ultimately, your goal should be you should not be in any relationship with anybody unless you're having a good time. If you feel like hanging out with women – is a drain or it's like a chore or it sucks, then you're doing it wrong. And I know, and I've seen a lot of guys write that on the forum where they're like, man, I just, you know, I just want to fuck them and I just hate talking to them and I hate this and I hate that. And I'm like, you're doing it wrong. You should not hate your time with women. They want to make you happy. Women evolved to make you, to, to want to make your life fun. So if that's, it's not, if that's not happening, you need to make it happen. So I totally agree. And, you know, we're both, I'm assuming you're probably in your thirties too, at least. Uh, forties now. Okay. Yeah. 
you know, you, you don't realize how much of a fucking idiot you are in your early 20s until you get older. Yep. So I think we're going to call it there. I appreciate you coming on. And again, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell. If you're listening on podcast, go sign up, subscribe. We will be posting these up uh, about two weeks from now. Right now it is uh, May 21st. So yeah, this will go live uh, about two weeks from now. So again, I want to thank you. 